Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Arrived, they found the telephone we have a, electricity line weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Good morning. Murder. When you get married, you vow to stick with your partner through sickness and in health. When Wendy Andriano married her husband, Joseph, she had no idea how quickly she would be faced with her husband's sickness. And on October 8, 2000, she would break the vow of sickness and in health, as well as the laws against murder. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Wendy and Joseph Andriano married in January of 1994. Not long after, Joe became ill. The newlyweds took him to doctors, and after many misdiagnoses and four years, they were told that Joe was suffering from adenoid cystic carcinoma, a rare cancer. By 2000, Joe began chemotherapy. During the years since their marriage, Wendy had given birth to two children while also taking care of her sick husband, and working as an apartment manager. 
she began resenting the life she was living and began going out to bars and having affairs. It seemed that all of the added responsibility of an ill husband was too much for Wendy because on October 8th, 2000, she went to drastic measures to unburden herself. Wendy called 911 at the behest of a co-worker and claimed that her husband was dying. When the ambulance arrived, however, Wendy turned them away. She claimed that her husband had a do not resuscitate order and that he wanted to die. Paramedics, hands tied, left the Andriano home. An hour later, Wendy called 911 again, this time reporting that she stabbed and beat her husband to death in an act of self-defense. She stabbed the man in the neck with a 13-inch knife and beat him with a bar stool in their Arizona apartment. An autopsy would later show that he suffered from 23 blows to the skull and had traces of sodium azide, a pesticide, in his system. Her claim of self-defense and that her husband was physically and psychologically abusive were immediately called into question due to Joe's weakness as a result of the chemo and the pesticide he seemed to be poisoned with. Wendy Andriano was charged with her husband's murder. Four years later, on August 23, 2004, her trial began. Prosecutors argued that the murder was motivated by money, a fact that was made more believable by the fact that prior to his death, Wendy and Joe solicited a friend to pose as her husband during a life insurance pre-screening, though ultimately no insurance was purchased. She would, however, potentially earn a large amount due to the malpractice suit filed against Joe's doctors. They believed that Wendy gave Joe the pesticide in an effort to make his death seem like a heart attack. When he failed to die, she took matters into her own hands. Wendy took the stand and dramatically asserted that she was a battered woman and that Joe flew into a rage after she admitted to having an affair. There was a struggle with the knife, which resulted in his murder. She also claimed that the reason he had pesticide in his system was an attempted suicide. She panicked and called 911, but her husband, ready to die, asked her to send the paramedics away. It was only after this that he found out about the affair. On November 18, 2004, the jury found Wendy Andriano guilty of first-degree murder and, on December 22, she was sentenced to death by lethal injection. During the penalty phase of the trial, the jury was deadlocked. They sent a note to the judge asking for assistance with a legal question. This was an odd practice that the defense took issue with. The judge agreed and, shortly after, her penalty was handed down. Due to this, she filed an appeal in 2007, stating that the evidence of her affair, as well as the story of her attempted purchase of life insurance, prejudiced her to the jury. It was unsuccessful. She remains one of only three women on Arizona's death row. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on August 9th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, 
easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.